Hey, St. Louis Crossing, it's good to see you today. Um, hello to my friends, to my coworkers. I just want you to know it's a blessing to be able to share with you today from my house. And, you know, may I just say I deeply miss all of you and uh, including my coworkers. Uh, life is just so strange right now. And um, it's good to be with you. Can you remember an Easter week that's any more different than this one? You know, things that maybe defined Easter in the past is so much different. Uh, it's been affected greatly or even been eliminated. But you know, the cool thing is uh, COVID-19 is here, but um, as believers in Christ, there's nothing that can stifle the praises of his people. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, I, I want us to bow together for a word of prayer, if you would. Heavenly Father, uh, we just ask right now that you bless this short time that we have together, Lord. And I just pray for those that are listening, Father, in their homes, uh, church family, friends, that, uh, Lord, you'll just uh, infuse our hearts with your joy this moment, and we can just come together and worship you through his word. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. To my knowledge, over the past 2,000 years, there's only been one day when literally not one single person in the world believed Jesus was alive. Now today I want to speak to you about a term that you may have heard before. It's called Silent Saturday. When we think of Holy Week, we kind of gravitate towards Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and of course Resurrection Sunday. But we tend to skim over Saturday, and I don't think we do it intentionally, but there's a really powerful message nestled between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Let's explore what that quiet day means to us today as believers. On Saturday morning after Jesus' crucifixions, the disciples wake after having not slept for a couple of days. The city that was screaming for the blood the day before is now quiet. Crowds have been disbanded and, and Jesus is dead. No one, no one understood that the most undeserved death imaginable would yield the greatest results for mankind. As Jesus was nailed to the cross, the written code, God's law, uh, with all its regulation and requirements, lost all its condemning power over us. Praise God. With the last breath of Jesus, he disarmed the powers of darkness, triumphing over all authorities assembled against God's kingdom. Now in the scriptures, Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it reads, verse 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. You know, the disciples, though they had heard the prophecies of the scripture and the teachings of Jesus himself, they couldn't comprehend really what was happening before them that day. We're going to talk a little more about the disciples in a moment, but I just want to highlight something that I find very interesting, is that the chief priests and the Pharisees, they remembered the so-called promise of the resurrection. You know, they mocked it, but they remembered it. And they weren't sad about Jesus' death. They were angry. They were frustrated and fearful the possibility he may come back to life. The scriptures tells us about this in Matthew 27, 62 through 64. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priest and the Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember that that deceiver once said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. 
This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Those leading the charge to kill Jesus, you would have thought they would have been fully satisfied that Saturday, throwing high fives around and being excited that they had won. But no, they feared that the truth of Jesus rising again would happen. Jesus had died on that Friday and was placed in the tomb. And we know the miracle that's going to happen on Sunday, but I don't want to slide by the emotions and the, what the disciples were feeling on that Saturday. I'm sure they were scared. They were confused. <laughs> Everything that they thought they knew was laying in shambles then. And then that Saturday, God was silent. What do we do in 2020? with silent moments just like that for us? How do we respond when we face a season in life when we're, we're going through a silent Saturday? I wanna highlight a few things, a little few points I think we can consider during these times. First of all, unusually enough, on those silent Saturdays, we can find some comfort there, that silent Saturdays are part of our walk of faith. The silence for us may last a lot longer than a day. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. The Bible gives us only one brief remark about how Jesus' followers spent that Saturday between the cross and the empty tomb. And that's in Luke 23, 56. It says, But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Saturday was the Hebrew day of rest, so the disciples had no choice but to remain quietly at home, though it's hard to imagine they were able to find much rest that day. You and I had the privilege of knowing this full story. We can turn the page and read a Friday, and read about Saturday in light of Easter. But right there in the midst of it all, the disciples faced the greatest crisis they had ever known. It, looks as, it looked as though their greatest fears had come true. Maybe Jesus wasn't who he said he was after all. Maybe God himself had defeated, was defeated at the cross. On Saturday, Jesus' home tomb echoed with a deafening silence. But you see, the disciples could not get to Sunday without going through Saturday. You know, much like us, when we're going through those situations, the same applies to us. We may not receive an answer many times without going through a struggle or that quiet time. We should find comfort in the thought that this isn't unusual. It helps us to know that we're not the first to go through this. Silence for a season doesn't mean that you're forsaken forever. We may struggle more with this today than maybe generations ahead of us because we live in an instant society. If you have a question, you can go to your phone. Uh, if you want to order something, you can have it next day. Uh, we're in an instant society. But if we comb through scriptures, we see a story, stories after story, which waiting is a part of our life. You think about Abram waiting for a child, David waiting for the throne, and Israel waiting for Messiah. God doesn't seem really interested in our impatience. Matter of fact, he uses it for something much more than that. Secondly, on those silent Saturdays, the disciples, like the disciples, they were uncertain, but they were in the middle of God's will. And I think that's really cool to think about that. Jesus had told the disciples ahead of the time that he was going to be turned over and killed. He told them plainly that, but they never figured out what exactly that meant. What that meant after Jesus' death was they were consumed with uncertainty on that Saturday. 
What kind of uncertainty? Lots of it. Why did he die? Was he really the Messiah? Are we going to be arrested by the same people, religious leaders, who killed Jesus? The point I want to draw out here is that the disciples were uncertain, and yet they were right in the middle of God's will. They were in the middle of that silent Saturday. But God had a plan, and an answer was on its way. The truth is our spiritual lives include times when we are uncertain, and, but we're right where we're supposed to be. The uncertainty can make us anxious, it can, it can give us apprehension, but these times are important and we must stay in God's Word. And we need to surround ourselves with our uh, believers who are going to encourage and exhort us. You know, and our Heavenly Father tells us in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is in charge, not us, and I'm glad about that. On those silent Saturdays, thirdly, faith in Christ will sustain us, even when we don't see the answers to our questions. You know, we think about the scripture, it says, for by grace we are saved through faith. Christ imparts that faith into us. And how does that work? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have to believe God is still at work when we don't even see it. Continuing to believe that over a period of time builds muscles into our faith. James 1.3, for instance, says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has to grow. Having to wait can be frustrating, but it's encouraging to know that it's not wasted time. God can be working in that way to grow our faith. The absence of the answer that we want is frustrating. I think we've all experienced that. Sometimes it can appear hopeless. Many of you that know me, uh, over the course of the years, I've had many surgeries uh, due to uh, circulatory issues. I've lost several digits um, um, and then ultimately lost my right leg. Now. Um, I can look back at that time and I can remember vividly waking up uh, in the hospital uh, having just had my leg amputated. And really there was a darkness that I felt at that moment with the pain, um, a, I can't even really articulate everything that I was feeling. I knew that I would have to be dependent on others for a while. Uh, I knew that things would change. Um, and it was really a very dead, dark uh, silence in my life at that time. But I want to tell you, it didn't take long because the last thing I'm going to talk to you about how for us to respond to these silent Saturdays is to stand on the promises. As I came home and I was bedridden for months, I began standing on the promises. Matter of fact, a friend of mine, Tim, that you know, and I were memorizing Philippians, the book of Philippians, and I really didn't know why until I was bedridden. I would recite those scriptures to myself when I was in pain and recovering, and the truth of God's word, it just really enlightened my spirit, and I stood on those promises and continued to trust Him. In Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Many people tend to think that the scripture um, it's a warm and fuzzy one that tells you just to be silent, and, uh, but it's more of a wake-up call for us, um, for us to be in awe of God more than a gentle rest. 
taking time out of our day to meditate on Scripture is very, very important. Uh, and there's scriptures that, that encourage us to do so. But this command, be still, is written in the context of a time of trouble and war. Therefore, we should consider the verse with that context in mind. Instead of interpreting, interpreting it as be still, as a gentle suggestion, the meaning in the psalm lends itself to more cease striving or stop. Matter of fact, um, God is trying to tell us to wake up, stop fearing, acknowledge who I am, snap out of it. God is always our source of protection, strength, and peace during unknown times. As a child, I can remember my dad and my mom telling me to be still, and it was usually preceded by a snap of the fingers. And I can remember vividly that they got my attention. And I think sometimes our Heavenly Father's doing the same thing. He's saying, stand on my promises, be still and listen to me and quit worrying. For sure, we're gonna get discouraged, depressed by the silence, and it can lead us to question God and to question ourselves and the path we're on. Going back to what I said earlier, we need to know that silence is part of the journey of faith. It really is. And keeping the faith on that silent Saturday is going to help carry you through. God is the only one who can truly satisfy our hearts. And the only thing stronger than our ache for Him is His ache for us. Through Christ's crucifixion on Good Friday, He gave us a glimpse into His passionate longing and showed us the love our hearts crave. That's the beautiful promise of Holy Saturday. God is always at work in our waiting. Even at our darkest times, as we stumble from one distraction to another and lose hope in His plan, God is working all things together for our benefit. He is calling us to sit with Him during our wait rather than rush it away. He wants us to use these seasons. He wants to redefine us, challenge us, and transform us into His image. He wants us to be deeply and intimately in love with Him. And that love will transcend and share with others. Christ's glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday assures us that we have every reason to hopefully wait. As we close out today, there was a reading that I came across a week or so ago by Max Licato that really eloquently captures the words that I'd like to have shared with you today about Silent Saturday. And I'd like it to read it to you. And I invite you now to just let the, your room become very quiet and your, just to close your eyes and let the Word soak in it and speak to you today. Jesus is silent on Saturday. The women have anointed his body and placed it in Joseph's tomb. The cadaver of Christ is as mute as the stone which guards it. He spoke much on Friday. He will liberate the slaves of death on Sunday. But on Saturday, Jesus is silent. So is God. He made himself heard on Friday. He tore the curtains of the temple, opened the graves of the dead, rocked the earth, blocked the sun in the sky, and sacrificed the Son of Heaven. Earth heard much from God on Friday. Nothing on Saturday. Jesus is silent. God is silent. Saturday is silent. Easter weekend discussions tend to skip Saturday. Friday and Sunday get the press. The crucifixion and resurrection command our thoughts, but don't ignore Saturday. You had them too, silent Saturdays. 
the day between the struggle and the solution, the question and the answer, the offered prayer and the answer thereof. Saturday's silence torment us. Is God angry? Did I disappoint him? God knows Jesus is in the tomb. Why doesn't he do something? Or in your case, God knows your career is in the tank. Your finances are in the pit. Your marriage is a mess. Why doesn't he act? What are you supposed to do until he does? Well, you do what Jesus did. Lie still. Stay silent. Trust God. Jesus died with his, this conviction. As Acts 2.27 tells us, You will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Jesus knew God would not leave him alone in the grave. You need to know God will not leave you alone with your struggles. His silence is not his absence. Inactivity is never apathy. Saturdays have their purpose. They let us feel the full force of God's strength. Had God raised Jesus 15 minutes after the death of his son, would, he have, would we have appreciated the act? Were you to solve your problems the second they appear, would you appreciate his strength? For his reasons, God inserts a Saturday between our Fridays and Sundays. If today is one for you, be patient. As one who endured the silent Saturday wrote in James 5, 7, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Thank you for letting me share with you today, and may God bless you this Easter weekend. As we close out, let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the silent Saturdays in our life, Father. I pray that you'll use them and grow our faith, Father. If anyone listening to this has uh, any concerns or um, any um, any doubts, Father, I just pray that this message will have spoke to them. I pray that you'll give them a thirst for your word to get into it. And Lord, may we encourage each other on these days of silence, Father, that that uh, you are still God and you will, you're on the throne, and Lord, we can just rest in that. We'll stand on your promises. Thank you for Resurrection Sunday that's coming. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us tonight for our second portion of our three-day series, The Silence. Please join us tomorrow morning, Resurrection Sunday, at 10.30 a.m. as Pastor Tim bring, brings the final message and culminates our three-day uh, series on Resurrection Sunday morning. So we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Thank you.